0: Well, welcome to Joy Church, Remember, We are so glad to have you here, whether you've been here uh, for years, decades, or it's your very first time. Thank you for coming this morning, and uh, please let us know if you have any questions, you need anything. We're here to serve you, and um, we're really just a big family, so this morning we're going to have just a, a fun time and grow together as we look at God's word. How's that, how's that yeah. sound? Uh, if you want to turn... We got an excited crowd. 9 a.m. I was like, come on, guys, you know, talk back to me. This, I, have, I have, you know, Dawn's here wearing a brand new shirt and uh, let's give it up. Birthday, was it for your birthday? Uh, birthday. To, happy birthday. to. He's, he's a, he likes steak, so um, don't forget that. Turn with me to Proverbs 15, 15. Proverbs 15, 15. We're going to be looking um, at a few portions of scripture as we get ready this morning. And uh, we're going to read this portion from the message paraphrase. It says this, a miserable heart means a miserable life. Wow, mind blown, anybody? (laughs) A miserable heart means a miserable life. also means that is not the person you want to spend Thanksgiving with. Can we hear I'm just kidding. A cheerful heart fills the day with song. Verse 16. A simple life in the fear of God is better than a rich life with a ton of headaches. Amen. Amen. Better a bread crust, not even a crust of bread, a bread crust shared in love than a slab of prime rib served in hate. How many of you have sat across the table from some, please don't say your spouse, because if you have, then you should join a marriage connect group, okay, if there's hate happening at your table. But you ever had that meal with somebody and you're like, please, Lord, let this end like three hours ago. Like, you've only been sitting there for two minutes. I know, but it's bad. (laughs) We're just going to look for one moment at verse 16. Again, it says, a simple life in in the fear of God is better than a rich life with a ton of headaches. I then jump to Philippians 4, verse 10. If, Philippians 4, verse 10. If you're taking notes, you can jot down for later to read 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. But we're going to look at Philippians 4, 10. Paul's talking to the church, uh, the Philippian church, and he says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned... For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have, and I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret, or the secret sauce, the secret in and out. People, come on. (laughs) Give me some more of that secret sauce. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Let's, amen. We're gonna pray this morning and and dive in. God, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you, it's changing our lives. It's powerful. And Lord, I thank you that wherever we're at in our journey of faith, God, that you're gonna speak to us this morning, that your word gives us clear instruction and clear direction. And so we invite you, God, To speak to us. And God, our intention this morning is to be ready listeners, eager to hear and eager to obey your word. God, would you help focus our hearts and simplify our lives in Jesus' name? Everybody said, Amen, amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're continuing in our series on Simplify. And I think all of us um, living in this day and age, whatever age you are, whatever stage of life, Uh, If you've noticed, life has gotten complicated. Pastor Kim last week talked about that, the uh, the complicated life. And life is noisy and life is busy. And there is a constant uh, drive to have more, be more, do more, live for more. All this stuff and it's left us empty and tired and complicated and out of focus anybody ever feel like that you're like yep you just described my morning <laughs> <laughs> and so this morning to ease your fears as we get ready if in case you read these verses and you're reading them and you're like contentment and you're like oh no here comes the message where I better sell my house sell my car sell my dogs don't sell your wife okay and sell to <laughs> don't I got to get rid of everything and hope that you liked the outfit you picked today because it's the only thing you're going to keep. If you thought you were coming to that message today, you're not. So put your phone away, stop Craigslisting everything, and um, it's going to be okay. Uh, This morning we're looking at the subject of less is more, contentment. And I have an honest confession, if it's okay, at church to uh, share my confessions. I, I suffer from something um, called lunchbox jealousy. I'm alone in this house with lunchbox jealousy. See, I was homeschooled, and I'm so thankful for that. I, I, um, I got a real good education, But... Um, no, for real, I loved it. I'm blessed. I went to I went to um, Grace Christian for one month, long enough that kids wrote me goodbye letters, and I think I had some sort of party like, see you guys, one month. It's been great. Good to know you. Peace out, kindergarten. And so I was homeschooled, and being homeschooled that we don't get to do when you're homeschooled, a lot of really cool benefits like school in your pajamas, but what we didn't get to do was pack a lunchbox. And so... You just had, because you were at home, you know, you just went to the refrigerator and your mom's like, just make something, you know, just heat up a corn dog. It's a good nutritious meal. And (laughs) every homeschooler parent knows what we're talking about. You know, you start getting burritos to put in the microwave, okay? And... uh, and so I, I didn't get to pack a lunch, and, and actually I used to call my friend Melanie every single day after school, and I'd be like, hey, Mel, what's up? And she went to school, and I didn't go to, I was homeschooled. I'd be like, what are you doing? And she'd be like, eating snack, and I'm like. Why don't I get snack in the middle of the day? Because you're homeschooled, okay, that's why. But I would get jealous of everyone's lunch. Like, you know, you're at work and you you packed a perfectly good lunch. You were totally content with, totally happy with. You like your celery sticks, your carrots, and your Brussels sprouts for lunch. Yes, that is my lunch sometimes. And and all of a sudden, you see your, your co-worker's lunch and you're like, I should have made a peanut butter and honey sandwich. I don't even like peanut butter, but I should have made it because yours looks better than my lunch. Lunchbox jealousy, you know what I'm talking about? You, suddenly, you just hop on Facebook for two seconds, and you are totally discontent with your life. You're like, my house doesn't look like Pinterest. My children might not even be wearing clothes today. And, you, like, <laughs> I don't have kids yet, but I'm preparing that that's a possibility. And, you know, lower the expectation. Dis- we are comparing our lives. You you and I live in a world that we don't even know that we're supposed to be discontent, and they, but then we're told we're supposed to be discontent because you're perfectly happy going to Panda Express, just getting two sides, and then they offer you three sides, and suddenly life is falling apart. Do I want more orange chicken or not? The answer is always yes. Okay. To give final illustration, I recently... Booked a flight and um, and so it's coming up and so of course you cannot be content with the seat you have on the airplane. They have to email you and offer you upgrades and I was offered an exorbitant an exorbitant price to upgrade my seat for six more inches, but I was flabbergasted when I was also offered for $14, I could have my same seat, but I could have a different line to go in. So now I would have a premier access line where you walk and you get a fancy carpet to stand on and tell everybody I get to go first to the same seat I already purchased. I just paid more money so you think I'm cooler. Hey guys, over here on the red carpet going to the the worst seat on the plane. But good for you, I have great money management. I paid 14 extra dollars for this status. <laughs> Contentment. You see, we, we live in a world that is always promoting the upgrade. It's great that you have that car, but really you need another one. Uh, your house is fine, but if we're all honest, you probably should upsize. Uh, even McDonald's isn't satisfied with us having a normal-sized drink. We've got to upgrade to the bigger one. Money isn't the problem Desires to grow aren't bad, but we must ask, what is the driving force and who is the source of our lives? Is it possible, church, to live a simple life that is satisfied and at peace with what God has given us and where he has placed us? Is it possible to find joy and contentment in the big and the little? And when we have all we want and when we have nothing... Is it possible? So as I start this, as we we journey through this thought today of the simple life, a life of contentment, I think we have to understand a few things about God and about his word and his heart for us. And the first is this reality is that money is not evil. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 6.10 that the love of money is evil. God is not afraid, right? If you, if you are living a blessed life and monetarily, God is not like, oh, you must be a terrible person. No, no, no. God. But, but it's the driving force of our life, my bank account. Right? Uh, we got to understand this, that the Bible tells us in James 1.17 that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. The blessing in our lives the good in our life is from a God who is good and a God who gives only good and perfect gifts. So in our lives, he desires for you to be blessed. He desires for you to have fruitfulness and, and more than enough. You recognize God is a good God. He's not, he's not like a bad Santa Claus like, ha ha, I pulled back the gift. Huh? That, that, that's not God. We have to understand that Philippians 4.19 tells us that God will supply all our needs. Listen, God is, in, is invested in the well-being of his children. Sometimes we have a different definition of what God's provision should look like. Sometimes it's not steak. Sometimes it's beans and rice. And sometimes it is steak. But God will supply all our needs. Amen? Amen. And lastly, we've got to understand that contentment isn't settling for less than God has for you. It's not giving up on life. Well, I'm just content. I will never rise above the situation. No, because the same author, Paul, who writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the Philippian church, one chapter earlier, he tells them, I press forward for that which God has called me. I'm grabbing hold. There was a drive in his life to apprehend what God had apprehended him for. And so contentment is not giving up on life. Can I hear an amen? amen? Right? Contentment isn't, it is not okay, well, I might as well just not press for anything. No, because we serve a God that, that ta- teaches us to ask boldly, to live big, to live a life of faith. Amen? amen. So here's the question as we dive in this morning that I, th- I want to ask every person here to pause for a moment. I want you to ask yourself honestly Do I trust and believe? That God knows what's best for me in every season and every moment. I want you to honestly look in your life. Because there's the church answer, right? Jesus, that's the answer. I just gave it to you. (laughs) You can thank me later. (laughs) Right? You can say, oh, yeah, I totally trust God. But here's the reality. If you can find out very quickly where our trust is, have one conversation and you'll hear, is my trust in, in, the, in, in who pays my husband's paycheck or is my trust in God? You can hear if my trust is in, 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 in the external world or is my trust that God knows what's best for me, what's best for my marriage, what's best for my life, what's best for my future. Do I trust God? You can even hear in our prayer how we pray to God if we trust God. Right? So Paul is writing and, and he's speaking to this church and he begins to tell them. He says, listen, I, I, I've, I've discovered, I've learned, I've, I've figured out how to live life. I'm like spitting like crazy today. It's just <laughs> a fountain of juice, sorry. It's going to be on the live stream. You know, they're like, we're never going to that church. They spit on people. No, we don't. Paul's writing to the Philippian church and, and, and he, he reveals, I think, honestly, what we can find in our lives, two areas of, I think, most discontentment comes to two areas of life. I think if you were to boil them down, is often we are discontent either in our possessions, what we have, or a position where we are. Most people, when we look at our lives and we say, what is it that I wish I had more of and I wish that it, I, I'm discontent, it's that if I only had a better house, then I could be better to people. I could host more people. If I had a better car, if I had more stuff, if my bank account was bigger, I'd be happy. If I had more Possessions. Or different possessions. Or, and some of us are like, if you're me, I'm like, I fall into both categories. Come on. (laughs) Or if I just was in a different position. If I just lived in a different city, then, then my depression would get better. If I just had a different job, I'd be happy. If I just had a different marriage, I'd be okay. If, I just, if my kids were just like a little bit older and my position was different, I would be content. And the struggle is real. Can I hear an amen? That oftentimes we're pulled to live in some, we want somebody else's life. We want somebody else's stuff, and we are living in this discontent. I think we have to ask ourselves the question is, am I satisfied where God has placed me? Not hoping, well, one day when I get out of this connect group, I'll finally go to a connect group that understands me. No, be happy in your connect group. Where God's placed you in this seat? Well, if, if my husband just made more money, I'd be happy. No. we got to identify, am I satisfied where God has placed me and with what God has given me? And here's the thing about contentment. It's a learned art. It's a learned art. I wish that working out just came naturally, but even if you go talk, To Skylar and Jamie, (laughs) there's more people in our church to work out. They're just the best. Okay. (laughs) Though they may enjoy it, sort of, you don't just become buff or become fit. Are you guys with me? You ask them, it's a a lot of stinking hard work. Can I hear a name? Is that accurate? (laughs) It's hard work. And contentment, many times we want to come to church and be like, Lord, I choose contentment and I walk out content. But you know, you're gonna walk out and see your same car that when you walked into the church and you kicked it. Like, my husband's car has had, if you look at it, you guys actually are gonna feel bad for us if you go look at my husband's car. I'm sorry, Riley, I'm totally riding out your car. The front, he, in college, let his buddy drive it. They were near Bend and in the middle of the night as they're driving, Riley is awakened and flies up in the back seat as his buddy has just hit Bambi. So the front of his car has a smashed hood. Thank you. Hood. I don't like those man terms. Hood. (laughs) Okay. As he was moving to Medford for his first internship, he's driving down in a rock flies up and smashes his windshield. And so there is a beautiful artwork, beautiful art that goes on the front of his windshield. And then to top it off, he's at a youth trip at a conference in Portland. And my brother Johnny opens the door, looks away for a second and a youth group, Youth pastor is driving a massive trailer and misses a door. That a door is in his way and begins to rip his door completely the opposite direction. So (laughs) I'm in a bus with like 50 youth and they're like, Riley's door almost got ripped off. Like, is Riley alive? Like, is he going to make it to the altar? That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) And, you know... Let's be real. And so right after we got engaged, the only way you could keep his door shut for a while was a massive yellow cord that completely sat across and you couldn't sit in the front seat. So he was in the front seat and I was behind him like, love being engaged to you, this is awesome. <laughs> his mom loves this. She's like, what was it like sitting in the back seat? Like. And, I was perfectly content like an angel in the back. <laughs> but if you, he has since figured out how to make that door shut, but recently he dropped me off somewhere and I forgot that uh, it just springs shut on you. So I'm getting out of the door and it's like smashed my shin, like, I, why do you have this car? <laughs> it's a good car. He always tells me, if I get another car, I'll probably buy another Honda, like, you're going to buy the same car that's smashed? Well, the reality is when you came in here today and you were worried about your position or your possessions. It's a great card. It gets us where we need to go. God bless us. Um, you're going to walk out to the same thing. But contentment is a learned quality. And Paul said, he said, I've learned. I've learned. I've chosen. I've given myself to learn how to be content in whatever situation. I'm going through it, whatever I have. And the question is, are you and I a student of contentment? Are we learning how to trust God in every season? Because, see, there's going to be seasons of plenty. God doesn't want you to throw the plenty away. He wants you to learn the art of and Wherever God guides me and leads me, my source is in him, and I trust him, and I'm content in him. Are you guys with me? G.K. Chesterton says this. He says, true contentment is the power of getting out of any situation all that there is in it. True contentment is the power of getting out of any situation all that there is in it. And You see, whatever you're going through, I think God wants to teach us in the seasons we're at. Don't miss what God is teaching you in this moment. In the house you live in, in the car you drive, in, in, in the workplace you're at. Learn, even if your boss seems like the Lord has the Lord wills that I die because He gave me that boss. No, whatever situation you're at, learn what God wants you to learn in that situation, to be content, to find joy contrary to external situations, in the plenty and in the little. All right? Here's, I think, something for each one of us as we're nearing the end here. Love what God has placed in front of you in this season and this hour. Love what God has placed in front of you in this season and this hour. Moms and dads, your kids grow fast. Husband and wife, savor the walk. Savor the conversations. Don't miss that connect group, that moment where you get to sit in community and realize for this season of life, God has placed these people around you for a specific purpose to help you in the journey. Don't miss what's sitting in front of you. Don't miss the seasons and times God has placed you in. Enjoy the feast and enjoy when you're like, what did we make with the random concoctions of ingredients we had? Enjoy the plenty, enjoy the, the vacation, enjoy where God has placed you. Don't miss by longing to have something more or something else or be in a new season, cause rob you of what God wants to do here and now with you right now. Many people are living so much to buy, I'm going to provide the best house and the best stuff and the best life for my kids and they're never with their kids because they're providing a life and the kids just want you, dad. Mom, they just want you. Trust me, your kid's not going to care if you presented the most beautiful Instagram worthy meal. They're going to care that you sat down and listened to them talk and tell you about their day. That's That's what matters. (laughs) Listen, I, I work with, the youth here, youth and young adults, and I'm now I'm 29, and I've now had youth that came in as junior hires and are now married and having kids, and I realize that that seventh grader that their whole world is collapsing because that boy didn't like their picture, and I'm like, really, don't eat, get off Instagram? They grow fast. And that conversation right here, right now matters. I don't need a different platform. I don't need a different. I want to be joyful where God has placed me and trust him that he's continuing to place me in the right places. And here's the reality. If I can't be content in this season, I will not suddenly become content in the next Don't be so content, discontent that you miss the blessing right in front of you. And I want you right now in this moment to begin to think about what God has given you. What do you have? Stop and smell the roses and say, I have. If you're sitting in this place, you know what you have? You have an invitation to relationship with Jesus. Jesus you have an invitation to sit at the table and have community and family. Maybe you felt alone your whole life and you came into a church that we're committed to do life with you. Maybe you came to this place and there's a hundred things we could think about we want. But what if we stopped and thanked God for what we have? What has God given you? today when you sit across from somebody you love, you sit with a friend, you sit with a spouse, you sit with your kids, just stop and thank God for that, for that moment. Warren Wiersbe said this, real contentment must come from within. You and I cannot change or control the world around us, but we can change and control the world within us. Sometimes I may not like what I see around me, but I can come with a fresh attitude of faith and fresh joy and say, I'm going to live in this moment, even when I'm believing for something, even when I'm believing God for more, I'm believing God for for a change. I'm I'm going to let contentment be the theme of my heart. God, I'm content. I'm satisfied. I'm at peace. I'm joyful for what you've given me. God, you've given me life. You've given me hope. You've given me community. You've given me relationship. Thank you. You guys all right? It's got, it got real quiet. And here's the reality the game changing moment is that Paul was not self sustained, he was Christ sustained. He, he, he talks about, I've learned the art, I've learned the secret, I've learned how to be content, I've learned how to have joy when I have a lot when I have a little, when life's going great, when life's not going the best. I've learned contentment in every season. But here's the thing, his, the secret sauce of it all was not that Paul was just a good learner. The secret sauce was that Paul knew I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I got Jesus in the boat, doesn't matter what storm I go through, doesn't matter what I face, I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. My circumstances might be looking down, but I've got God with me. I know all I got is up from here. He was Christ-sustained. Come on, what Medford needs, what the Rogue Valley needs, what your workplace needs, what your family needs is not a self-made man or a self-made woman. They need Christ-made people, Christ-sustained. This says, no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, it is Christ in me, the hope of glory. It is Christ who gives me joy, peace, strength, and life for whatever I might face. Yeah. Mm, amen? And Martin Luther said this, He said, I've held many things in my hands and I've lost them all, but whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Church, this morning I would invite us to not place our lives in our hands, but to place our life and say, God, I trust that you have the best in mind. In every season, in every day, in every situation, I'm going to be content. My joy is not connected to my bank account. My joy is not connected in who's at my table. My joy is connected to the God I serve because I am sustained by him. So I know no matter what I go through, he's going to take me through it and he's going to give me more than enough in every season. Can we stand to our feet? You know, if you came to this place, And you say, Natalie, I I realize that I I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're talking about a life that is sustained by Christ. But I've never given Jesus control of my life, access to my heart, invited him in. And tonight you're here, this morning you're here and you just say, I want to give Jesus my whole life. I've tried to fill my life with possessions or relationships addictions and nothing has satisfied me I need Jesus and I want to put my full trust in him that he alone could give me life if that's you today you came to the right place and I just want to invite you to boldly step out of your seat and you're here just saying, you know I need Jesus to save me to change me to give me a brand new life if that's your prayer today would you step out of your seat wherever you're at and come down here right now to the front. Every person here that came looking for a relationship with Jesus, we want to invite you to come home to the God who loves you, who made you, and knows you. If that's you, please don't wait another moment. Just step out of your seat. We want to pray with you. Every person here that says, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus, don't wait another moment. Come on, right now, come boldly. We just want to cheer you on. We're a big family. Come on, we celebrate together. So right now, I believe there's people all over this room, That today God's inviting you just to say, here's my life. I give you everything. I give you control. I need you to save me, to transform me, make me new. If that's you, would you come from the back to the front. Every one of you that's here looking for a relationship with Jesus, come right now. just want to invite you. Every one of you, come on. And if you're embarrassed to to do that, there's going to be prayer people up here. Afterwards, we'd love for you to just come forward and just say, you know, I want to make that decision to just surrender my life to Jesus. It's the greatest thing we can ever do. Amen. For the rest of us here this morning, I think that it would be appropriate for us to respond to this word. And if there's some places in your heart that you say, you know, I think I've stopped being content. And I've been... Maybe discontent with where God's placed me, whether it's my job or season of life or city or the things that I have. And you just hear God inviting you to say, you don't have to live discontent. You don't have to live striving for more or looking for joy from an external source. But you just feel God calling you home to say, let's walk this life of complete surrender to Jesus, trusting in his sustaining power in our lives. If that's you today, would you just lift your hands all across this room? And maybe there's just an area in your life, you know, God's saying, will you just trust me? Will you let me work on your behalf? Will you let me bring you joy in this season, not just the next? And we sang today, he is a good, good father. He's for you, not against you. He is your sustainer, your joy, whatever you're going through. He's a great God. He supplies all our needs. Come on, he has what you're worrying about. You're fretting about money. He has all the resource. You're fretting about the next step. Just trust him in the leading of your steps, of your journey. Lord, we respond to this word this morning. And God, we thank you that contentment is possible. Living a life that is fully relying on you and trusting in you is possible god and lord this morning i pray you would lift off burdens you would lift off worry and that god we would be content in who you've made us to be and where you've placed us. God, I pray today for a spirit of gratitude to begin to say thank you for all that you've done, to begin to worship you for all that you've done, God. Come on, right now, church, I just want to invite you to just begin to tell the Lord what you're thankful for. Just begin to thank him for that which he's placed in your life. Thank him for the blessing of your job. Thank him for the blessing of your family. God, we say thank you today. We say thank you. God, I thank you today. Help us. Lord, to be content and joyful in the life you've given us, to trust you in everything, God. In Jesus' name, amen.